NXT, New York City. Welcome to Hot 97's Street Soldiers, the hottest talk on radio. Hosted by Lisa Evers. I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. You know where to find me on Twitter, at Lisa Evers, Instagram, Google+, also Facebook. Check me out there. And we post the links to these shows. Street Soldiers is now heard on Hot 97s at 6 a.m. And also you can check us out, the free podcast on SoundCloud, LisaEvers.com, and also on iTunes. You can get a free podcast of Street Soldiers on iTunes, so we are everywhere. And we're really happy to be back on Fox 5 on Saturday nights at 10.30. And I want to thank everybody, hashtag you matter, because it was the emails from our street soldiers bombarding the Fox 5 executives. They're like, don't take it away. We need it back. And that's why we're here. And we've got a great panel and a great show for you. What we're really focusing on right now are hip-hop's unsolved murders. This is part one of a two-part show. Part one, we're going to take a look and overview at the extent of this problem and what some people now believe is, hey, that's just the way it is, and they don't even care. But if you are a relative, if you are the girlfriend, the son, the daughter, the mother, the sister, the wife, the partner of one of these artists who has been killed and who has left your life forever and... It's a very different thing. It's very, very personal. We're looking at it from a music industry perspective and as fans and as people in the business and also from the society perspective. But we can't forget that for a lot of people, these are their family members who never got to see justice in these cases. So our thoughts and prayers go out to those of you who are still grieving the ones that you lost. And the number is really phenomenal. There's over 50 that we were able to find throughout the United States everywhere from New York to Los Angeles to Las Vegas, Chicago, New Orleans, so many, New York, Miami, Detroit, all over the country, there are murders of artists that for more than two decades have gone unsolved. Of course, everybody's familiar with the murder of Tupac, the murder of Biggie, and also the murder last year of Chinks, which we're going to be talking about exclusively in a separate episode Uh, next Sunday and next week on Street Soldiers. So we're going to be focusing just on that, and I believe that we will be bringing you some new information about exactly where that case is and exactly where the blocks are to justice in that. But right now I want to introduce our panel and get right into it and talk about this whole issue. Why do we have so many of these unsolved hip-hop murders? What's behind it? And also, what's the climate between people in the music industry, people on the streets, and also law enforcement who, whether we like it or not, are responsible for dealing and investigating and trying to solve these crimes. So joining us in studio, Chuck Creekmore. He's the founder and CEO of AllHipHop.com. It is one of the top 10 hip-hop sites and information websites in the world. I would say close to the top, Chuck. you got to really be there because... I think so. I think so. Because <laughs> also, too, you guys, you guys just don't print rumors. It's real mm-hmm. news, and it's real information, and it's all backed up. So I want to thank you for being with us. Thank we you. really appreciate it. And thank you for always supporting Street Soldiers. Also with us is my brother, part of the Hip Hop Hot 97 family. Yes. The one and only DJ Enough, Hot hey. 97 DJ. Hey, girl. Let me finish your intro now. Come oh. on, I'm going to give you like... He's the president and CEO of the Heavy Hitters. Yes. And if you don't know what that is, educate yourself, okay? Because yes. yes. we've got other issues we got to get into exactly. here on the show. He is one of the most influential hip hop DJs ever. Period. That's it. Thank you. You already know. And um, with DJ Enough, he also, which a lot of people, you know, don't know, is you went on tour. You were Biggie's DJ. Yeah. 
That's right. And so we're going to talk about that as well, too. 100%. So we thank you so much for making Thanks time for to be with me. us. We really appreciate it. Also with us is Darren Porcher. Um, he's a former NYPD lieutenant, criminal justice professor. And Dr. Porcher also previously did private security for many hip-hop artists like DMX, Nas, mm -hmm. and many others during this whole era when a lot of things Mariah. were bubbling up. Mariah Carey. Right. Steve Stout. Steve, many, many yeah. people involved in the whole industry. So, Darren, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks we appreciate it. Me. Chuck, I want to start with you on this. The whole picture, you look at the you look at the sheer number. That's pretty staggering. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it's pretty ridiculous to be real with you. And I think that to some extent, obviously, we have some issues with people and their ability to communicate with police. But I also think on the flip side is that there's a, a lack of respect uh, for black life, lives and especially rapper lives too. I think we've become desensitized completely to, to these people. And uh, I think unfortunately now we're numb to it. And I was pretty shocked because talking with people on the streets and getting some, you know, just, just a feel of the streets, cross-section of people, there was a, kind of an attitude of like, eh, that's the way it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that kind of went across the board racially, ethnically, even generationally. Darren Porcher, when you hear that, what do you think about that? Well, I have a problem with that from a law enforcement perspective. Uh, I worked in the NYPD for a number of years and also doing providing personal protection for a lot of these artists in the industry. I feel that it's necessary, the two entities have to come together, both police and the hip hop community. In connection with he, what he mentioned about Black Lives Mattering, granted I understand that, but one side has to step forward to the other. We oftentimes have this culture of not snitching and things to that effect. It only hurts our community. If you continue going about this process, you will never get things solved. So when we look in connection with a lot of these unsolved murders in hip hop, it's gonna be a, a process that's gonna continue over and over again until we as a community step forward and t take responsibility and give this information to law enforcement. I also clear. understand, no, be I also clear. understand black there's lives, a trust issue. But I mean black people as well caring about black lives. Not I, just white people or others. I mean, black people caring about themselves is just... Well, seems. but that's where it starts. We as a black community need to take hold of the situation and move forward and get that information out. I also understand it. Many people feel that police departments cannot be trusted based on prior encounters. However, at the end of the day, we need to get over that if we want to get these homicides solved. Not just in the, not just in the hip hop community, but in our communities that we live in. And I, and I want to get into that and I also want to talk about the fact that most, most, of, them, most of the murdered rappers were African-American mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. the role that race, race plays in it as well. But I want to get a, a little bit of a sense, DJ, enough of the music industry, especially when we go back, the Tupac and the Biggie murders. You know, the, Tupac had such a huge impact. There's people who weren't even alive when he was right. when he was killed who still believe Tupac is alive. That's how powerful his musical right. legacy was. And Biggie, there are many people that are still, you're doing an anniversary uh, party in tribute to yep. him on Wednesday with night, Tiana yep. Wallace. Mm -hmm. Big shout out to Tiana. Um, March 9th, his music, you listen to it today, to me it sounds as if it was recorded like last week. It's very powerful stuff. I mean, Tupac, I mean, there's so many others, but, um, you know, I remember in the 90s hearing some of the gangsters on the corners talk like, um, you don't need security, you know, we would, we would only rob Biggie, but we would never kill Biggie. You know, you hear stories like that. But today, I, I don't feel like that's the same. I, I don't feel that respect like you were saying, uh, uh, to all lives, period. Forget yeah. about just artists. It's like the respect level is different. Like OGs used to come back into the hood after being successful and maybe would hang out and, you know, shoot the shoot the 
I don't want to curse, but they would shoot with their family and, and build. and and. But now I see people like not even want to come back to the hood anymore. Because they're afraid of getting because robbed. Because they're afraid of getting robbed or killed. And the, cl the climate of that. But take us back to the 90s. Right. And that era when Biggie and Tupac, when the music was, uh, that they were dominated the music scene in a way that artists don't seem to be able to do today, no right. matter how big they well, are. Because, I mean, there wasn't social media like there is today. So right now there's... a. Uh, uh, so many different platforms of social media. You got websites, you got apps, you have all this. Back then, all they had was the radio. That's it. You wanted to hear your favorite song? You better put it on Hot 97 or you're not going to hear it. <laughs> or uh, maybe a mixtape. Maybe your favorite DJ had it on a mixtape for the most part. Right, like 50 so, selling the mixtape so, yeah, out of the so trunk of the... You had no other choice. It was either this or that. That's it. But the impact behind it was, um, was just powerful. I mean, because the guys... The guys were part of their community. Um, they painted incredible stories. Um... And I think that, to me, today, is, is it's, just, it's a lot different. You know, the stuff is very bubblegum and fast and quick. And, you know, it lasts 48 hours, if that, and it's gone. You know, I do the new at two at, on, at the station. And if I look at the records I play, they might last two, three weeks. And then I'm on to a new record. Because there's that much it's out just, there in the attention so span. Much, yeah, there's so much music out there being forced through the system. And there's only a, a handful of records or artists that actually stick. But why did they connect so much with us? And why do they um, still connect to people? Chuck, what do you think about that? The, the, the attraction, the, the charisma that they had, it's, it's, even though they're not here, it still carries through to the, the next generation. Well, I think it goes back to what Enough just said. They were part of the community. One way or another, even even Tupac, I mean, if you weren't in his community, you felt that in his music and it resonated. And I've said this before, if you can reach someone on an emotional level, you can have a fan for life. You, you may even love them. Like I talked to Big Pun. He wasn't murdered, obviously, but I was talking to his wife and his son. And I was just like, yo, yo I love Pun. Like he was family. I never met him, but I mourn his passing. And the same thing applies to Big, Tupac, and others. There was a real personal connection. Yeah. In, and also there was the time for that to develop, just like any relationship. It was also good we're gonna music. Take, Darren Hall once said, we're going to take a short break. You're listening to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. Incredible panel. We're talking, we're talking about hip-hop's unsolved murders and also putting some of these cases into the context of the times of the music industry and the culture that we were in at that particular point. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Twitter, Graham, Google+, Facebook, at Lisa Evers. We'll be back right after this. Ooh. Peep game, you know what it is. It's your man Sky Zoo, and you're tuned in to Street Soldiers with the one and only Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, real people. Let's get it, y'all. Welcome back to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm Lisa Evers, and you can watch us on Fox Saturday nights at 10:30, Street Soldiers TV. And we really appreciate all your support for bringing us back. What we're focusing on in part one of our two-part special on hip hop's unsolved murders. Why are they happening? Why are there so many? And why are there so few people arrested? Why aren't these families and their loved ones able to get some kind of closure and some kind of justice? We've got a great panel for this. Chuck Creekmore, he's the founder and CEO of AllHipHop.com, one of the top hip-hop news and information websites in the world. Chuck, thanks for being with us. We appreciate it. Also mm -hmm. with us, my brother from Hot 97, yeah. the one and only DJ Enough, Hot yeah. 97 DJ, new at two. Yes, baby. And president and CEO of the Heavy Hitters. I'm not done with you yet. Uh, and one of the most influential hip hop DJs 
ever. Thank you, baby. And I'm not just saying that because I like you. Thank you. That's baby. the truth. That's the facts because you know it's Thank the you. facts. Also with us, Darren Porcher. Um, he's a former NYPD lieutenant, criminal justice professor, and Dr. Porcher also did private security for many hip-hop artists like DMX, Mariah Carey, other people in the industry like Steve Stout. And what we're focusing on is the music and the lack of respect for the music. Has that played a role in why a lot of these cases have not really been resolved? What do you guys think about that? In many instances, and this goes back to the early 90s, law enforcement had, had more of a detachment to hip-hop music because it was deemed as quote-unquote black or ghetto music. And in many circles within the law enforcement community, there was that detachment, and they just looked at it as quote-unquote those people. However, as this music has moved on, we look at the sales. It's now become more and more mainstream. So we look back at a lot of these homicides that, are, that were committed in the hip-hop industry, such as two. Tupac, Big E, Jam Master J, etc. It you had quote unquote the belief that this was a street mentality, but now with the with the um, the evolution in policing, people are more so looking. I should say, people, law enforcement officials are more looking at this thing as a real situation. However, one of the key elements in this is, but why we did need that to, take so long? Because it, you're talking about human beings again. Yeah. Exactly. You're, no, you're absolutely. That, it's should not a real situation. Should this have happened like in the beginning? Absolutely. It shouldn't matter. Is it, isn't it saying like lives you're are disposable when there's no investigation? Right. No. Come on. You. You listen. You were in the police department. Tell me. Tell me what happens when there's a phone call and it, there's a robbery on Park Avenue or something happens in an affluent neighborhood of New York City. Nine one one in three seconds. However, and the follow up. They stay on it until they get some resolution, but right you, or wrong. You're absolutely right. However, you also have to take in consideration. And I'm not just criticizing. I'm not criticizing that's the, the cops for that. That's the way the society no, works. It's not a. It's, it's not a criticism. You're spot on with this. But however, we also taking have to take in consideration the hip hop community, which I'm a part of in many ways, has to step up and conjoin with law enforcement. If law enforcement is not not getting it done, the hip hop community. But how are you going to conjoin with it? How are you the door to get it done? I'm gonna give a perfect example. This is what hurts, right? I work for this radio station that we're on right now. Mm -hmm. I was assaulted in front of my job at the radio station um, by a white man. Mm -hmm. When the cops came, they didn't arrest him. Mm -hmm. That's a problem. Okay. Now, that's a, that, no, that, that's a, that's a real wait, problem. Wait, let him finish now, the story. It's, now, it's a serious problem because if I was the guy who insulted the white man in front mm -hmm. of the job... You would have got locked up I would have been locked up in two seconds. Right. So then I get the police report, right, just to follow through. And I'm, you know, and this is something I'm struggling with. Like, yeah. How do I deal with this? Do I not deal with this? Because I have a lot of people in my family who are police officers. I was right. just going to say right? that. For the a police officers listening right, right now who are part of this. So, yeah. And I'm looking at the police report. Would you believe in the police report it says popular jockey? Mm. All right? So mm. now somebody's being a jerk. Right. right. That's right. ridiculous. The, the spelling the day, is not right. that bad. At the end of the day, let's keep it. Come on. Popular jockey? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, if it was a mistake, come on, that right there. But look, listen. So to me, even like, if it was a mistake, it was total, inexcusable total conduct. A total, a total dis but it was inexcusable let me, conduct. But let me let me let me let me let me go back a little bit, Chuck. You're talking about the the era of the '90s, yeah. okay? Mm -hmm. This is the era when there was remember the whole controversy about Timberland boots. They didn't want to have yeah, right. blacks wearing because all right. the artists were wearing. You know, it was like the Tim boots, the jeans, and the the white tee. They they didn't want they didn't want to be associated. 
in, in the black community. There, there were all of these kinds of biases that were going on, mm -hmm. and then also a lack of respect for the for the artists for, and for the music. Absolutely, and it still exists. We have to be clear. Like these things aren't something that just happened back in the day, right. and it doesn't have. You know, it's not happening anymore. I mean, it's worse now than it ever was. I mean, the rate of unarmed black people getting murdered and I don't, and this is just black people mind you this is not latinos this is not Asians. this is just black men actually it's they're at the rate of lynchings from back in the day so right. yeah so we have to keep in mind that this You're is talking about mur murdered by unarmed others or murdered by police 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 okay yeah. but i just want to inject in there yeah because we did, you know, we did the whole show. We've done numerous shows mm -hmm. on this. I'm, the number of there are blacks. There are many more whites and Latinos that are have been shot and killed by police. That's worse, right? But you, know you have that? more African Americans that are unarmed than, that have been unarmed that have been killed by police than, than any, any other, other groups. groups. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's my point. So the point is, the point. It, it all goes back to what you said. What I said. Respect. Respect. Now. You want to talk about Timberland and everybody wants that dollar, but they don't want that association. And why don't they want that association? Because I think they feel like it devalues their product. Which means black life is not as important to them as white life. Absolutely. Is that what they're saying? I mean, this is... And the crazy part is we still buy their, buy their shoes. We make these people Because rich. we want validation. We still we can, buy Timberland. We okay, still, but in terms, you know, in terms of the music and in, in terms of the murder, so there, there was the attitude, too, because I remember I was starting out here at Hot 97, and I was also starting out my news career. Right. And the person who was my mentor in radio at that time, which was for a major news organization, said to me, why are you going on that thug radio station if you want to be taken seriously as a reporter wow. then as a new as a news radio reporter then what happened biggie gets killed and they mm. had no idea they're getting phone calls there's thousands of people in the streets nobody has brooklyn the is shut down Except do you have who? you have you heard of this guy right. and i was like yeah i jump on the train boom i'm out there and reporting live and you know the rest is history but it was you know i followed my heart but it's not about me it's about the the attitude right. was just yeah. that this was like whoa you don't want to associate with criminals i'm like no you don't understand this music is this is a culture this is right. something big and the cops do the same thing yeah. I mean, I see cops at my clubs and my parties. They're not working, hanging out with their friends and family. So it's it's they they want it. They they can't resist the 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 movement is powerful enough that you know everybody wants I, the good part. I see parts. them say the Kendrick Lamar line, and we hate Popo. I'm watching cops recite Kendrick's lyrics <laughs> right. in the club. Right. Right. So but Bobby Schmurter's mother told me when uh, he was arrested, they had the, they were playing the music. They were oh, playing. Wow. They were playing Hot Boy. Yeah, that's right. crazy. Yeah. But, you know? I mean, this is what happened. But they want the good parts, but they don't want to deal with the other parts. Okay, you know but but I mean? the other parts, and and let's keep this let's keep this a hundred like we always do on uh -huh. Street Soldiers. A lot of the artists are still closely connected to the streets. It takes Absolutely. a certain level of success Correct. and finances to get yourself completely disassociated from people who may still be moving weight or doing illegal things in the community, right or wrong. Right. Absolutely. A lot of times you have the artists, the people that they come up with are the people they attach to. Oftentimes if someone, let's say they go to college, for example, they get a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, they get a law degree, their counterparts are who they come up with and that's who they deal with in a professional sense. People that come from the hip hop community oftentimes come from these impoverished neighborhoods or what we see is urban neighborhoods and that's all they know so when it translates to issues that they have within the community or disputes they resort back to what they've known in the past and, and then so there's artists 
And then there's artists that say, okay, the guy they grew up with who's, yeah. you know, been in and out of jail, but now their record's popping and they're touring. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, you cannot be doing your little side hustle and right. coming along with me right. yeah. while I'm touring, right or wrong right. It enough. happens all the time. Yeah. And um, there's two ways to look at it. Some guys are like, listen, man, you got to change your act. Come on the road with me. Let's get this money. Um, and that's where the funny stuff comes in because, you know, some of those street guys are around technically to protect you know, the guys who are, are rapping. But and it hurts them because it's like, listen, is the street guy going to protect you or am I am I going to hire the off-duty officer and mm -hmm. not look cool? Right. Okay, right. we're going to take a right? short. Yes. Yep. Okay. We're going to talk to the, we're going we're gonna to continue our discussion with our great panel. You're listening to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. When we come back, I'm going to put the panel right to the test on the hot seat. Is the issue, who's to blame though for the un lack of, arrests in these cases, if nobody's going to talk to the police, if this phrase, you know, stitches, uh, snitches get stitches ditches. and nobody, and, or end up in ditches, and nobody wants to talk to the police, including eyewitnesses, like with the Jam Master J case, how do we expect the police to solve it if nobody wants to talk and nobody wants to cooperate? So does the community bear a little bit of responsibility in this as well? I'll find out what our panel has to say when we come back. Hey, what up, y'all? This is Lloyd, the King of Hearts, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people only on Hot 9-7. You did. Welcome back to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Now you can see Street Soldiers on Fox 5 Saturdays at 10.30 and follow me on Twitter. Twitter, Instagram, Google+, Facebook, at Lisa Evers. This is part one of a very special two-part Street Soldiers episode and investigation into hip-hop's unsolved murders. More than 50 cases around the United States in over two decades. Very, very few of those cases have been solved. Very few people have arrested. Very few families have actually seen justice or closure for their loved ones. That's what we're talking about with our panel. Joining me, Chuck Creekmore. He's the founder and CEO of allhiphop.com, one of the top hip-hop news and information websites in the world. Also with us, my colleague, friend, family member, my brother, DJ Enough, Hot 97 DJ, president and CEO of the Heavy Hitters, and one of the most influential hip-hop DJs ever, period. Thank you. That's in life. It. Yeah, exactly. In life, worldwide, international, <laughs> in the brother. galaxy. And also with us is uh, Darren Porter. That's hard to follow up. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I've been so waiting for somebody to say that. I'm ready to fall. I'm That was almost like a shut it down introduction, right? <laughs> shut it down. You know, that, that's, that, that's how the heavy hitters do it. They shut it down. You don't even have to introduce it. me after that. You know? If you show up to the club and they, they, the doors are closed because it's at capacity and there's like three or 400 people outside, police are showing up and had to put up barricades for crowd control, the heavy hitters have shut it down. Period. End of story. All day. Okay? <laughs> All day, every day. Darren Porcher, PhD, is a former NYPD lieutenant, criminal justice professor, and has done private security for many hip-hop artists, including DMX, which that must have been quite a job. And um, There's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of work there. And what we're talking about are these unsolved murders and this whole code of no snitching that's on the streets, don't mm -hmm. talk, what role has that played in these murders not being solved, Chuck? Well, I think that's more for Mr. Porcher, but for <laughs> me, I think that I think, and I could be wrong, if somebody wants to solve a murder, they will solve a murder. And that's how I feel, because if Axl Rose or Miley Cyrus gets murdered, they're going to find who did it, how they did it. They're going to get to the bottom of it. If it's a little white girl with blonde hair and blue eyes, 
they're going to find somebody guilty. Period. End of story. And that's how, and that's my take on it. You know, you have to also have to take into consideration a lot of these artists come from the areas that, um, the urban areas in New York City, for example. They have something at stake, not just to give the information up. Well, let's say hypothetically when an artist is killed. But their the family members are, are still right, living Their there. families and their entourages, they don't have the security that these artists have. So they have to take that in consideration. Who's going to protect them if they avail police they to They've got to walk home from the train happened? at 2 o'clock in the morning. But can't you do that anonymously? Of course you yeah. can do it anonymously, but it gets to a certain point where some of this information has to be corroborated. Police departments get anonymous tips constantly. However, you need to have a cooperation. Are they really, a wait, warrant, hold, a, a hold, hold up one second. Are I'm those sorry. really, because what I've been able to find out, those really are anonymous. When you call that 1-800-577-TIPS, you get a number. That is really anonymous. Not, it's really anonymous. Right, but when we talk about like getting a They're not going to come knocking on your door. They're not right. going to come knocking on your door True. like if you call in and say, hey, you know what, this is the license plate number or this is what the guy looked like. Right, but you also have to take in consideration when you want to get a wiretap or a warrant, there needs to be an element of cooperation in play. And that's where many of these, many of these investigations fall short. However, it doesn't exclude what you mentioned. Absolutely. Do these people have a right to have a credible investigation done? Absolutely. When I look to someone like Axl Rose or let's say, God forbid, Mick Jagger was a pass away, mm -hmm. you're going to have all all the stops pulled out to investigate if something Justin like Bieber, that. If Justin Bieber, if Justin Bieber had his chain robbed, that would be a federal investigation. And the demand, remember, the demand from the community, meaning the public, is going to be so ridiculously incredible and the pressure will be on but see but, then, but, Chuck, but then is the is the hip-hop community a little bit to blame or should should we put it a different way has to take a little bit of responsibility for this because there is an attitude very mm -hmm. prevailing which i really felt on the streets and from the social media feedback mm -hmm. on this is that this is the this is just the way it is we get killed yeah. nothing happens nobody, well, cares. nobody I think, cares i think there's an Keep element it going there's definitely an, an element to that and i think also Unfortunately, I think some people feel like they got what they deserve, right? So not to name any names, but they'll say, look, you know you're on the path to great success, great wealth. Why are you still in the streets? Why are you still... And what do you say to somebody that doesn't understand that? Why are they still in the streets? Or why are they still I with people? To, I try to humanize people all the time, particularly Bobby Schmurder. I always tell people like, yo, this is a kid. He's 18 or 19. And they say, oh, he's 19. He's a man. I'm like, no, he's 19. He's still a kid in some ways. Right. right. You know what I mean? In other ways, obviously, he's not a kid, but he's still a young man who doesn't fully grasp the gravity of what's to come. You know what I mean? So I do my best to humanize people as much as I can because I feel like a lot of people don't even see these guys as human beings. You right? know, another point he brings up, a that's lot a of artists. Powerful, that's a very powerful statement. When you look at a lot of entertainers, they have life coaches. And a lot of people in the hip-hop industry do not have life coaches to help them through these day-to-day -day situations that they encounter. So I think that that does play a very credible role. Or OGs. In you know what I'm saying? But the OG, that could go two like, ways. To kind of like guide them? Yeah. But, oh. right, when I think about that life coach, somebody like a psychologist. Well, hold or, up there. You don't need yeah. a life coach. I mean, you don't need a life coach to know it's not, it's wrong to pull a gun in a liquor store and rob the store in your right. neighborhood. Well, you you also don't need a life coach. Lisa, where you are don't these need people a life coach to from? know. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just Let's saying. Let's talk about fathers. 
You know what I mean? Like, okay, life. I don't how have many, a life how many coach. Of the mur- you're saying how many of the murder rappers had fathers? I don't know. Fathers, that, an uncle. Know. A, 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 oh, you know what I mean? It's just someone to guide them through life But how what do you, I'm saying. But how do you explain to somebody enough that is not familiar with the streets? Somebody that's coming from a middle class background, which is where most, Chuck, I think most of the hip hop mm-hmm. fans are now. And, yeah. and certainly the, and the, that are I mean, know, the growing, I, the growth is. We're all like, at blame. I mean, I look at Chink's murder and I always think like, okay, whether it was a hit or not. And which it seems like it was a hit. Um, why continue hanging out in the hood if this, you know, with the fur coats and the chains, mm-hmm. and and and? But you can't tell a rapper that he can't do that. It's almost like if if he doesn't do that, he's not that dude. And Chuck, what about that? With the, the pressure to it, keep up an image, you, you may not be able to mm-hmm. really afford. You know what, man? At the end of the day. I became very clear on where I stood with my life when my daughter was born, right? right? Not to say that I'm no tough guy, I'm none of that. But the point I'm saying is, at that point, I then stopped doing a lot of stuff. I stopped hanging out in certain places. I always look for the way to get home safe, whatever that is. Because she and, needed you. Right. Now, a lot of guys think differently. And, I, and again, I think it goes back to how they value their own lives. Now, if you remember in the 90s. Very, very important. Great point. Yeah, yeah. In the 90s, rappers used to talk this, I ain't ish and ain't going to never be ish. They would, like, literally say these things. And like I think, a self-defeating thing. Absolutely. And I think it still continues today. Now, when, you, when you're out there flashing, I think you, you're trying to say, I'm something. I'm somebody. I'm going to show cats I'm something. It's always a display of I'm somebody, I am something now. I'm something important and I'm right. different from you. But that you. goes with the branding of the artist. It does. And that sells for the artist well. It absolutely. As well. So you have to take that in consideration. Right. But remember, you're talking about... as tough as they, as they really are. Half of them absolutely. aren't even talking about Way less than half. They're telling stories. Way less than half. Nothing. I, I think... I think the the Kanye West era and I think, you know... The, the backpack. The, the backpack, you know... That era, that because you know what it is, these kids aren't talking. I mean, yeah, they talking reckless still, but mm-hmm. they're not talking that gangster talk. They're not talking that pulling out guns and I yeah. rob you and murder your kids talk. They're not. Right. They're not. They're not talking that as much as they used to. But I saw a video on uh, on Facebook the other day, and it was the, it was the it was crazy. It was kind of funny, but it was these two kids on the block, a white kid and a black kid. And they right. were, the kid was on the phone. He was talking so tough, and it's an older guy carrying the a camera. And the older guy's like, I can't even go into the store because they were blocking a bodega. I can't even go into the store. Y'all blocking the store. And the kid, and he's like, man, why are you talking so tough? Why are you so hard? And the kid was like, I'm out here getting this money. I'm out here getting this money. And then the dude says, what happened? Where's your mom? Where's your dad? And the kid just started crying. Mm. Whoa. His his grandma had just passed. She raised him, all the above. And the, the video stopped right there. But it's like these kids are hurting. But they gotta put on this exterior, a front, yeah. a front, and they and everybody's in pain to some degree. Something happens but somewhere. Le, but let me break right, and and there mm-hmm. there is a lot of pain out there, and there's right. a, there's a lot of a lot of people too. You have to respect like where they came from and the circumstances to right. even get beyond that. Absolutely, and to be a free person is an totally that in and of itself is an accomplishment given some of the the mm-hmm. horrific things. But let's just look at the facts and look at what we're dealing with with mm-hmm. these with these unsolved cases. If people aren't going to talk to the police that know something, are they are they saying that person that dead person's life didn't matter? And you know what, my life doesn't really matter either because this killer. The, the reality is these killers are still, still out on the, the streets. streets. It's, right. 
Listen, no one takes that. Are they? I'm sorry. The messaging. Maybe, maybe, some of them are probably maybe, dead. Maybe, from maybe. The, some of them. Some of them could be dead. Some of them know we know what? are dead. But I don't. We, we still have these people in the street. And how do we protect our communities? And one of the first things is we need to assist as much as possible in the apprehension, in the apprehension and detainment Chuck, of these, these individuals. Chuck, you're rolling your eyes. You're not buying that. And tell, tell them from go. society. Listen, I'm um, I'm on the other side of things, and I I'm just gonna say this. I feel like the police have to serve protect first and foremost we know there's too much going on between the communities and yes those ties have to repair be repaired but it's on the onus of the public servants to do that all right so you and don't think that it's a we have a legacy approach? it's we have a legacy a history that goes all the way back to slavery let's keep it real it goes all the way back to slavery and why do cops ride on horses i can't why why do they still ride on horses we're not going to go into the patrol mm. function no, but however but saying, do the two entities need to work together these are yes images no? those are they images you, but there's a repair that there is a there's a consistent yanking uh, the wound continuously gets opened up I don't even want to talk to police because of my dealings with police. Not in, on that level, just in general, because it's you don't know because of the disrespect. what's going to happen. Because of, of what many people are calling in the term microaggressions. Absolutely. That happen, Absolutely. Now I'm getting a little older. I don't and, get And we don't want to lump all police. We don't no, want to lump all police. We don't. But, and, but, but it's the but system. It's the, you're but, talking about the system because there, there are many police officers that yeah. are doing the job. And when we call 911, when somebody is in a jam and they call 911, you want that officer to come there and not come like 15, They 20, come there and treat you like you do. I agree with what you're saying, that the public servant should be at the forefront. But understand, us as a community, we do have a job too. Okay, and, and we have a job too. We have to take a short break. You're listening to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. When we come back, I'm gonna ask each one of you, why is it so hard for anybody to blame the person who pulled the trigger? Mm. Isn't that the person we should be focusing on? Who pulled the trigger? Who paid the person who pulled the trigger? Is that a big key, a missing element in these hip-hop unsolved murders? We'll get to that when we come back. What it do, what it do, man. It's your boy Roscoe Dash. And this is The Street Soldier with Lisa Evers, man. Real issues, real politics, real people. Only on Hot 97. Let's do it. Welcome back to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm Lisa Evers. And as you know, thanks to you, we are back on Fox 5 on Saturday nights at 1030. So make sure you lock it in. Set your DVR to record the entire series and all the episodes so you never miss out. And if you want to check on our Hot 97 podcast, they're free. You can catch them on LisaEvers.com, SoundCloud, iTunes, so you can stay up to date with all the latest information. And what we're focusing on in this episode, Hip Hop's Unsolved Murders. Mm. This is part one of a two-part special. In this episode, we're looking at the overview of the cases, some of the underlying issues that have created a climate where it's okay for more than 50 rappers in the last 20 years to be murdered with very few arrests and almost no justice in any of these cases. Who's really responsible for that? Do we blame the culture? Do we blame the community? Do we bl blame the police? And we'll find out what our panel has to say about that right now. Joining me, Chuck Quickmer. He's the founder and CEO of AllHipHop.com, one of the top hip-hop news and information websites in the world. My colleague and brother, DJ Enough from Hot 97, yes. president and CEO of The Heavy Hitters, and one of the most influential hip-hop DJs ever. He also toured with Biggie. And we're going to find out a little bit about what that was like. Also with us is Darren Porcher, PhD. He's a former NYPD lieutenant criminal justice professor, and did private security for hip-hop artists, including DMX. All right, I want to know why it's so hard for anyone 
to blame the person who pulled the trigger. You have to blame the person who pulled the trigger. Ultimately, that's the person that's responsible. When we look to the they additional- scared. So they scared, I, I can understand that. And we talked about that in connection with having your security. These people need to be protected because witness protection doesn't always work. But we look at these sub-entities such as the, the victim statements the people are very, um, I want to say they're hesitant or apprehensive of giving this information. It goes back to what you said enough. Right. They don't have the security. They, they feel don't. that they're not afforded the, prop, the, the protection. However, we need to hold that person that pulled the Look trigger Look at the Jam Mr. J case. You have somebody that actually opened the door for the gunman. And why is there no arrest? Yeah, that's kind of crazy. To and w once again, it goes back to... People know what happened. They have to give that information. But let's move, let, let's, let's be proactive with this. How about when we hear of these things that are possibly happened? We hear these, because people don't just walk out and arbitrarily shoot you. Not that we don't have those instances, but we normally know that there's a beef between two people and it's coming to this. This altercation is something that's gonna come to amends. We need to, when we hear of these types of information, when we hear this type of information, we need to circulate this appropriately. Let's try to neutralize this before it even gets to that point. And we've yet to I have don't that understand what you're saying. Honestly, I don't understand what you're Meaning, saying. Meaning, if you hear two people that are having a beef, look, I want to shoot, let's say, he arguing, say, e e um, enough, he wants to kill me. And he knows that enough wants to kill me. At what point do we interject as a community and try to neutralize how, how do you, this? How do you inter interject well, police, in something like that and, and well, neutralize it? Well, first of all, the, the authorities are on every website, police. every blog. All this stuff True. plays out in real police. time. Yes. Yeah. yeah, this stuff, you have the hip-hop police, so they follow and, and let, artists let me, let me just Every say that. time artists come out to do performances, you will have a segment of, the. Um, you refer to them as the hip-hop police, but that's a component within the intel division. What they do is they shadow artists in the hip-hop community but they don't the even have to share them all to do it. is look at their instagram yeah. we're going to be at the such and such club Everything's tonight out there. i'm with here i'm with there and then people make the comments and they, that's a major part of law enforcement at the local and federal level now is monitoring all of these social media accounts absolutely it's been like that it's funny because when 50 cent well pardon me when rick ross was opening his wing stop up in Harlem, 50 had made all these comments and then we all went to the wing stop i mean i never saw so many police in my life and I guess 50 did a, 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 a pause, a, not pause, a drive-by. I don't mean literally, but an Instagram drive-by. <laughs> it was like, I'm here. Listen, better. I like that. So is that the new thing? I mean, maybe that's a new thing, like right. an Instagram drive-by yeah. where nobody gets hurt except, for, except maybe by. their right. ego. <laughs> or maybe their right, Snapchat drive-by. But drive the, by. the point is. Just their ego gets hurt and nobody gets killed. I mean, when you talk no about being fired. proactive, that's a whole nother job in and of itself. I don't know that they care enough to do anything on that level. And I don't think the fans do either because everybody has their popcorn out eating it up. When you say they care enough, meaning your surrogates, the people that are part of your clique or your family even. I know if I have a daughter and I, per and I perceived her being involved in a beef, I am going to step to the necessary authority oh, you're talking about to get this information oh, out there. Right. So when we talk about these beefs that are happening between artists in the, um, the hip-hop industry... Right. This stuff doesn't just happen overnight. It's something that builds up over the course right, of time. But I'm speaking. What can Enough, we do, you do? Th do, you th do you think when you see you look at the you look at the beefing that goes on now and the Instagram and all the social media beefing, is that a healthy out outlet? Because instead of people actually maybe, waiting for people maybe, outside of places, or do you think it's escalating? Maybe because um, I mean, you can let's look, think, of, think of it this way: they're they're releasing all their frustration on social media, right? And then the whole all all. Everybody's getting involved. Right. So now, 
views are being swayed. People are saying, hey, you're, hey, uh, let's use 50 Cent example. 50, you're a bully. You're being this or you're being that. Uh, Rick Ross, you're being this, you're being that. It, it has to, to me, it has to tame it to some sort. Of, because, okay. It gives you beef, an outlet. The beef's, the beef's right here. So, it's on your uh, phone. So, so after this, then what happens? But the problem After is there's this, there's all happened? these young yeah, boys. Yeah, but in the hood, there's, there's the, all these, the, yeah, there's these young boys. The hood. Chicago's a perfect example right. of what's really going down. These kids, these kids live in the same neighborhood, and then they go back, and then somebody gets murdered. It happens. It happens every in day. New York Great too. Example, it's happening right. in New York yeah, too. Absolutely, but I guess what I'm saying is, when Fifty Cent and Rick Ross are beefing back and forth, we know nothing's going to happen. But when those kids do it, we know. It's going down any day now. You right. gotta look at the thing that's happening between Joey Badass and Troy Ave mm -hmm. right now, for example. That's new. Does that does that elevate the sales? Absolutely. It does Enough elevate the that sales. Help. What do you wait? Let me ask. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know about that. Do you think, think it raises beef, their profile? I don't think the beef right now between them is not credible enough. Mm -mm. It's just Joey said a one line. Troy got pissed off. Now he's he did he deemed the whole entire record to him. Mm -hmm. and I saw him yesterday. It was like I don't even. No, I don't see that I need, as beef. I need you to make a hit record. Forget about what you're right. doing right now. But, but what I that's do just see me. that is, and maybe that's there's part no of the, increase in sales. Maybe over that's that. part of the uh, us getting involved and yeah. trying to change things. Because help them make good media, records. That's we play the records, but I don't know if I'm gonna play it every day. Right. I don't know if I am. But in, in, ter in terms of the in terms of the music in terms of the music culture itself, is there still in twenty you know twenty sixteen as you look at the new artists and the way people are doing their their thing right now and trying to get on. Is there still that t that same tension with the police and that same tension with the fear? Because if we look at the facts, we still got tour buses being shot up, French Montana, Lil Wayne. Absolutely. You got chains being snatched. People don't want to report anything because they don't want to, A, mm -hmm. be made fun of, and B, you know, they, they don't trust that there's going to be an investigation, Chuck? Yeah, I think it's still there. I mean, I absolutely think it's still there. I don't think it's there in the same way because I think that people, for whatever reason, I think some people feel a little more comfortable when it comes down to it, I think also I do think the police have made efforts to ease those tensions as well. So I think it's a little better than it was back in the day. But, but what will I, it take? Oh, go ahead. I think the artist, the type of artist is, is also different now, too. Because you know, in, in what changing. way? That they're yeah. looking more like they, they're looking at that crossover audience. They're looking at that mainstream audience. Not everybody's they want a that gangster. mainstream. Not everybody's they want a gangster. that mainstream exactly. money enough. You're shaking your head. Yeah, everyone's not a gangster. Yeah, that's things, it. Things are changing. Yeah. It's, diver it's yeah. diversifying. Diversifying well, is, is definitely happening right now, Lisa. But what about, okay, but we talk about the power of social media, and we all know the, the power of social media. We all use it. But the, and we, we see public opinion on a lot of issues being swayed that way. I mean, look at the Black Lives Matter campaign, for example, mm -hmm. the, you know, drawing attention to certain issues that have just been, we've been dealing with for a long, long time and talking about for a long, long time. But then finally, they get on the national, you know, importance agenda. Why isn't there that same outcry over these unsolved murders of these hip-hop artists? Mm. If there's more hip-hop fans than ever before, people mm -hmm. will listen to their music and not even think twice about, oh, you know what, the person that killed them is yeah. is, is still out there. Why isn't there an outcry? Because a cop will say, cop, the police will say, well, you know, honestly, real, and Darren, you can, you can um, you know, give us your opinion on this, I'm sure. It's like, if there's if there's public pressure, uh -huh. if there's uh -huh. a lot of public pressure, if there's public outcry, if it's on the media, in the media, mm -hmm. on the TV stations too, in the newspapers, then they'll have to they're going to put people yeah. on it. Well, the truth is also a credibility issue. When you mention the Black Lives Matter, people will step out because it's against police, right. and they feel that 
their, their credibility is not at stake. But now when you have people that step forward and say, why aren't you locking up these hip-hop artists from the community? They're killers, now, not the right. hip-hop artists. Right. We don't want the hip-hop artists now locked they'll, up. Now they'll, look, now they'll be looked at as, you're looking to get people to snitch to the police. And that's where the credibility But what if there was a hashtag, find, find Jam Master J's killer, find Chink's killer, mm-hmm. you know, justice for Chink's, right. justice for Jam Master J, justice for Biggie. I well, mean, the, why is the that so, is, why it's, is that it's, such it's, a, why don't we see it's, that? It, it, you know, it really, is easier to point to look at the police and gonna get you know you know than it is to say this person or you know what I mean like it's it doesn't that bother you Chuck it does bother me you're a person who believes in justice Mm mm-hmm Absolutely. I mean, it bothers me. I mean, when Biggie died, I cried. When JMJ died, I cried. Like, these were people, these were real people, and you knew them. Um, I didn't know Biggie, I might The add, people but, are different today, man. I mean, you know, we we talk about that whole civil civil rights movement. Like, people in the 50s and 60s back then, it mattered because their lives actually depended on it. Mm-hmm, Where mm-hmm. now, it's like people could just say they're down with it and they could put their fist up in the air and say black lives do matter but then they go home yeah you know they, they don't they don't the they don't march they don't the pass they, you know what I'm but saying? i'm just saying so the time is different it's, it's, or they won't march you know we have to definitely i mean look we we disagree on some things but we do have to say that we have to seize control of our communities even if it's get, you know honestly even if we police our own communities in whatever way that is. But my problem is justice never happens in any form that I know of, right? So if, you, if you're not, if you don't believe in a no snitching policy, then you should be policing the community however you guys do it. But my problem is when nothing ever happens, then it's just somebody's- What, do you, what does that say about the value of those lives? It says it's. A, I mean, it's. Look, it sucks, man. If I yeah. die, I want you guys to ride for me. Right. I want the community to ride we, for we me. We will be out there. Trust me. You know, I trust want, me because it's, you know, I, I I play by the listen. I play by the by the the green book. I was on point. I went. I did everything I'm, I was supposed to do. Right. There was no. There, was, there wasn't dirt in my life. So no. yeah. ride with me. Right. Absolutely. But, like you feel what I'm saying? Yeah, Nobody's but riding. Let me, let me, I, I didn't do but, dirt. But, but I worked hard. I know you work very very hard. And let me let me ask you this because you were on tour with Big. Mm-hmm. You were with him day and night. You were with him on the road right. when he really developed that. Right. You were really close to him. Yeah. Does it bother you personally yeah. breaks, that his breaks, killer breaks my heart. is out there? It breaks my heart. It really does because it's like not just the cry of his mom and his family, but. Like the, the the guy stood for something, and you know he was incredible at his craft. People loved him, yeah. So I'm like, wow, if people loved him, then why why aren't these murders solved? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So that's that's the part that scares me. Absolutely. Um, unless it's been taken care of already, and we just don't know about it. Which is possible. It hasn't been taken care of. I mean, I, I don't, don't think know. that was taken care of. It's yeah, yeah. You know, I I, I listen to the stories and. This, you know, now it's all conspiracy theory, so I don't right. know what's what. It's taken care of when there's a trial, when we see, when we hear was, the facts, when we to. hear people who are aren't afraid you to show the their faces. Justice, like, I want DNA. We caught this guy, right? And also yeah. to that era, it's tough too because it, we we didn't have the DNA stuff we do now. We didn't have the cameras we do now. There, mm-hmm. there was a lot of investigative tools that 
were not around in those days that are around now. So right. now we're looking, you know, looking forward to maybe seeing some kind of resolution, at least with the Chinks case, which is what we're going to be talking about in the next episode of Street yes. Soldiers, yes. is what will it take to get justice for Chinks and his family, especially for his kids? Mm -hmm. And what, you know, where are they in that investigation? That's what we're going to be getting into. But I want to thank all of you for being with us for this episode mm -hmm. of Street Soldiers. Darren Porcher, PhD, former NYPD Lieutenant, criminal justice professor, and private security for hip-hop artists, Hot 97's own DJ Enough, yep. CEO of the Heavy Hitters, one of the most influential hip-hop DJs ever. I just want everybody to understand that. If you didn't already know, now you know. <laughs> now you know Chuck Kriegver, founder and CEO of AllHipHop.com, one of the top hip-hop news and information websites in the world. And thank Chuck, you. thank you so much for always being with us. We really appreciate it. And we also want to wish a... Uh, you know, get well soon to Arab Music, the producer, yeah. worked with uh, Swizz Beats. He was working on some exciting new projects with him. He was shot on 126th Street in Harlem recently. And shout to everyone on 126 that was showing Street Soldiers and me so much love up there. But Arab, we hope we uh, hit that gunman still out there. We, we hope you, you heal completely, you get back to your music thing. And uh, that that gunman is caught. I mean, 380 right in the face, grazed his head, shot in the jaw, leg, his partner was shot. It's unbelievable. So uh, let's, you know, and push for peace, too. I want to thank my whole crew here at Hot 97, executive producer Tone Capone, producer Rose Daniels, uh, producer Mia Bell. On the boards, one and only DJ Michael Medium. My whole Fox 5 crew is making this possible for us to be on TV. Executive producer Chris Sobel, our technical director, the one and only Brian Quinn, our cinematographer Deluxe, Moro Bertoli, and cameraman who rides with me on the streets, the one and only Damani Robinson, and also uh, all our visitors and everybody, our intern Elhaj Malik, and everybody else. Thank you so much for being with us. Remember, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Google+, Facebook, at Lisa Evers. We post the shows there. We tell you where to find the shows. I'm easing into that one, okay? <laughs> I mean, I can do like five things at the same time, but now I'm trying to do the sixth one. I'm not quite there yet, Chuck, but what we're going to do, okay, we'll add Snapchat, all right? If you want me to, I'll do that, okay? Because you're always right about these things. So um, anyway, and uh, next episode, as I said, we're going to be talking about the unsolved murder of Chinks as we approach the one-year anniversary of that. If you want to talk to me, confidentially and you can people know me and people that really have been with me you know that you know I keep my mouth shut I go I will go to jail for my sources rather than reveal a source to anybody you can give me a call on our street soldier shout out private hotline at 212-367-1672 212-367-1672 if you have any information about the murder of chinks or the murder of any of these unsolved rappers and you want to talk with me, we will talk. No camera, no microphone. I don't even need to know your last name or see your driver's license, if you have one. Even if it's in somebody else's name, I don't care. We'll keep it confidential. We'll keep it 100. But give us a call. Give me a call. 212-367-1672. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. I'm Lisa Evers. Let's push for peace.